The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning, welcome. If you came in a little bit late, I'm Pastor Chris. I will serve as your candy striper today for the service. Anyway, I had several uh, sarcastic comments about my new shirt today, but... uh... Anyway, I like it. Um, hey, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. We are in week three of the series uh, uh, called The Real F Word, talking about forgiveness. And, and by the way, I'd like to welcome all those who are joining with us online today. Uh, we started live streaming uh, last week. Yeah. And uh, so now you can stay home at the Church of St. Mattress and um, <laughs> come to church. No. Um, anyway, I uh, hope that's a benefit for those of you. you know, if you're ever out of town, uh, if you're homesick. Uh, telling somebody about our church, uh, you know, around. And we've had several people, literally last week, I think we had 26 people log in from around the country. We had some uh, former uh, people from Coastal and Wisconsin, and uh, my daughter out in L.A. has watched our service. So uh, welcome to all of you online. Uh, today, I want to talk a little bit about one of the facts of life. Here it is. You ready? People hurt each other. Turn to your right or left and say, you've hurt me. No, um, don't do that. Don't do that this morning. You are waiting for that, weren't you? Um, you know, but it's a true, it's a fact of life. We do hurt people, uh, intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, now, how we handle that to, will, to a large degree, determine your happiness in life. And, uh, you know, if we don't respond correctly to hurt and pain, it does turn into resentment. And resentment is one of the great des- destroyers of relationships. You know, I have people come to me all the time and say things like, you know, I just don't love him anymore. I don't have any feelings for her anymore. Um, What's wrong? Well, many times, not all the time, but many times what's wrong is unresolved or unforgiven resentment. Uh, Resentment eats up your energy in such large quantities that it leaves you emotionally empty and then you've got nothing left to give. Now, here's the good news today. You can recover from that. And you can recover and move forward from all of the hurts and the pain that you've experienced in life. In fact, um, today I want us to look at a guy in the Bible uh, who did exactly that, who recovered uh, from resentment. In fact, he had every reason in the world to be filled with resentment. Uh, His name was Job. And uh, at that time, he was the wealthiest man to ever live, but in one terrible, awful day, he loses everything. He lost his entire estate. Uh, all of his kids were murdered. His wife turned against him. He got an awful, terrible, painful disease. Uh, all of his friends turned against him. And, and you read his story and you're thinking, my goodness, this guy had every reason to be filled with resentment. But instead of getting resentful, uh, he recovered from that. And the Bible says that God made Uh, the last part of Job's life, even greater than the first. Now, if you don't get anything else that I say today, I want you to get this. Regardless of the pain that you have experienced in life, and you know, the truth is, people come here week in and week out, and I don't know all of your stories. I know some of them. But a lot of you have come here with a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. Regardless of what you've experienced in the past, God can make the rest of your life the best of your life. He can make the rest of your life the best of your life. If you're willing to do some of the things that Job did. And I want us to talk about that today. First of all, let me me give you a couple of big reasons for 
resentment. A couple of causes for resentment, really from the Job of life, from the life of Job. Uh, the first cause is what people say about us. If you're taking notes, what people say about us. Job 12.5 says this, you have no troubles and yet you make fun of me. You hit someone who is about to fall. You've heard that before, right? You hit somebody when they're down. That's exactly what, what, what Job is saying. Let me ask you, can words hurt people? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I bet that if I gave everybody in this room about 90 seconds, you could recall and replay things that children said to you when you were a kid on, on the playground that still hurt today. It, it is amazing how words stick to us. Uh, things that parents said, teachers said, friends said, your spouse said a month ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, and it still hurts. It's still painful. By the way, can you be hurt without anybody saying anything to you? Absolutely. You can hurt somebody by ignoring them. Uh, you don't acknowledge that they even exist. Some of you had unpleasable parents, and that's kind of the way it was. No matter how hard you tried, you just couldn't please them. They didn't say much, but it still hurt. So what people say to us, say about us, and then secondly, what people do to us. What they do to us. Uh, Job 19, 19. All my intimate friends detest me. Those I love have turned against me. You know, the tragedy of today is that abuse is on the rise. It is, isn't it? You know, physical abuse, emotional abuse, even spiritual abuse. Notice that Job says, my intimate friends, those that I love. You know, the, the number one place uh, resentment, unresolved hurt and pain shows up is not from strangers, right? It's from people that you love, people that you're closest to, your family, your, your loved ones, in, in marriages, and in, uh, uh, siblings. Because the closer people are to you, the greater chance they have to hurt you. And so we gotta deal with that. We gotta deal with what people say, what they do. Now, when people hurt us, the normal reaction is to get resentful. But it's not the best reaction. It's not the right reaction. In fact, the book of Job tells us why it's not. I want you to write these down. Number one, uh, first of all, resentment is just senseless. It really doesn't make sense. It, it's completely irrational. Uh, Job 5, 2, listen to this. To worry yourself to death with resentment would be a what? A foolish, senseless thing to do. So it doesn't make sense. Now, why? Why doesn't it make sense? Well, because it can't change the past. You know, how, no matter how much you resent what happened to you, it is not going to change it, is it? It's not. It's not going to correct the problem in the present, and it, it's not going to make you feel any better. In fact, a lot of times, it just makes the problem worse, and it makes you feel worse. So why get resentful? So it, it's irrational. It, it's senseless. Secondly, number two, it's actually self-inflicting. Self-inflicting, Job 18.4, listen to this. You are only hurting who? What does it say, you're only hurting who? Yourself, yourself with your anger. When you get resentful, it always hurts you more than it hurts that other person that you're resentful toward. In fact, a lot of times, they're actually oblivious to it, aren't, aren't they? They've hurt you, they're oblivious, and they just go on with life. Let, let me give you an example of this from that great theological show the Three Stooges. Anybody remember that? The Three Stooges? Curly, Larry, and Moe, right? Great theologians, right? Um, Curly is all upset because Moe keeps slapping him in the chest. Keeps slapping him, slapping him. He can't stand it. 
So Curly tells Larry, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get some dynamite, and I'm going to strap it to my chest so that the next time he hits me, you know, it's going to blow his hand off. Now, that's about as smart as being resentful is toward another person. It always hurts who? You more than it does the other person. You know, again, you're over there, you're stewing, you're spewing, you're upset. They're oblivious. They've gone on with their life. And some of you here today, you're allowing people from your past, a former spouse, a parent, a friend, a teacher, who made you miserable back when, you're allowing them to continue making you miserable now. And if you would logically think that through, you'd realize, man, that's ridiculous. They can't continue to hurt me unless I, unless I let them. And it's not worth it. So it, it's self-inflicting. It's senseless, it's irrational, it's, it only hurts you. And the third problem with resentment is that it's actually sickening. Sickening. Look at uh, chapter 21 of Job. He says, some men, it says, some men stay healthy till they die. Others have no happiness at all. They live and die with what? Bitter hearts. It's actually unhealthy. You know, people say today, and I know you've heard us say this a lot around here in the last years, we've, you know, gotten healthy and bod forgotten and all that. You know, watch what you eat, right? You ought to watch what you eat. Well, that's true, but you ought also uh, watch what eats you. Watch what eats you. Did you know that there's actually a, a very strong relationship between uh, your physical health and your emotional, spiritual health? There's actually a, a correlation. There's a relationship between sin and sickness. Now, I am not saying, listen to this loud and clear, I'm not saying that all you know, sickness is caused by sin. It, it's not. But many of the problems that people carry, carry around today are a result, it's brought on by holding on to grudges. Holding on to a grudge always hurts you more than it hurts anybody else. So, with the time that remains, I want us to look at some of the things that Job did that turned his life around. That really did make the rest of his life the best of his life. In spite of all of the pain and all the heartache that he went through. And here's my prayer today for you. Man, you're gonna walk out of here today set free. And just like we did last week, I want you to personalize this. I want you to think about that person in your life. Number one, the first thing Job did, and we need to do, reveal your hurt. Reveal it. That means you admit it. You're honest. You know, it hurt. Job 7.11, I cannot keep from speaking I must express my anguish. I, I must complain in my bitterness. And then in chapter 10, it says, I am disgusted with my life. Let me complain freely. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. What's Job doing there? You know what he's doing? He's pouring out his heart to God. He says, you know what? This is how I feel. God, I, I don't like it. It's not fair. I, I'm ticked off. This, this stinks. And so he tells God how, how angry he is actually at God. What, what do you think God did? You know, you think God was shocked? Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe this. I did not know you were upset, Job. You know, what a surprise. No. The fact is, God knew Job was upset from the moment he got upset. You know what? He just wanted Job to admit it. 
He just wanted Job to pour out his heart. The, the starting place is to reveal your hurt. I don't know who said it first, but we've said it many times around here. Revealing is the beginning of healing. Revealing is the beginning of healing. Do you want to get over your hurts? You've got to share it with somebody. You know, some of you are angry at God. You're angry for the things that have happened to you in the past. Listen, God knows it, you know it, but you won't admit it. The starting place is just to say, God, I'm still upset. God, I'm angry that this happened. Listen, God is not going to zap you with a, with a lightning bolt. That's not what's going to happen. If anything, he's going to be excited. You know, he already knows how you feel. This is just the starting of the healing process by you confessing it. That's the biblical term for it, admitting it. Now, let me ask you, what is it in your own life that you're pretending not to know? What is it in your marriage, in your family, in your relationship with your kids that you're pretending is not there, but it really is there, and you know it, and it's painful? What is it in that relationship with that boyfriend or that girlfriend or your parents or that friend that you know is there? Everybody knows it. You know it. They know it. But you're pretending that nothing is wrong. You've got to face up to it. That's the first step in this healing process. You can't, listen to this, you can't close the door on your past until you at first face it and admit it. Somebody once said there's no closure without first disclosure. There's no closure without first disclosure. You know, I'd suggest that some of you today go home and write that letter. You know, some of you need to write a letter to God where you sit down with a piece of paper and say, God, this is the way I feel about how, with you know, what went down and, and, you know, where were you when this happened? And, you know, why, why did it happen to me? And what is your ultimate plan? You know, just pour your heart out. Tell God how you feel. He's not going to blow you away. He understands. Some of you need to get a friend. You know, everybody in life to be emotionally healthy needs at least one person that you can spill your guts out to and they still love you unconditionally and they can still speak truth into your life. You know, that's why here at Coastal we believe so strongly in, in our life groups. You know, we're called Coastal, what? Community church. Community. You know, it's in those groups that you have the opportunity, at least the opportunity to meet somebody who could be that person in your life. And then when you go through that crisis or you're dealing with that pain, you could take them aside and say, you know what, I just need to share this with you. I don't need a lot of... Advice, I just need to talk it through, talk it out, and to pray with somebody. And you reveal it. Some of you need to go home today and write a letter to that person who hurt you and never send it. You know, maybe you light it on fire, maybe you, you know, take it to the cross, you take it to Jesus, you just write the letter and you never, you never send it. Step number two, the second thing Job did, and we've talked a lot about this already in the series, release the offender. You let them go. Last week we talked about setting them free. You are never going to have relief until you release them. You know, Job's friends hurt him tremendously. They betrayed him. They were disloyal. 
They misunderstood him. And, and if there's anybody who had a right to be resentful, it was this guy, it was Job. But when, this is important, when did God do the turnaround in Job's life? When did he bring him out of those problems into a new life? Not after Job retaliated, not after he got revenge, not after he uh, held on to resentment, but it was after he released his offenders. He forgave them. And then, and only then, God was able to work in his life. Not only did God, not only did Job forgive them, but he prayed for them. Look at uh, Job 42, verse 10. After Job prayed for his three friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. Man, circle, underline, star, the word after. After Job prayed for his friends. How and when did God do it? After he released his offenders. Now, why is that important? Why is it important that we set the offender free? We release them because we become what we focus on. We become what we focus on. That's that's one of the laws of life. Whatever you focus on is what you're moving toward. Listen to this. Some of you are doing this. You say, I'm not going to be resentful. I'm not going to be resentful. I'm not going to be resentful. What are you focusing on the whole time? Being resentful. Have you ever heard anybody say this? My dad was so mean. I'm never going to be like my dad. I'm never going to be like my mom. I'm never going to be like them. What are you doing? You're focusing on the thing that you don't want to be like. Listen, if you don't release them, eventually you're going to resemble them. Write that down. That's not, a, that's not one of your blanks this morning, but you ought to remember that. If you don't release them, you're going to resemble them because bitterness in our hearts does some very strange things to our personality. You know, you're not meant to walk around in life carrying all these grudges. It does take a toll on you. Now, how do you know when you've done that? How do you know when you fully release them? Well, and we've talked a little bit about this already. One is, it it doesn't hurt as much as as it once did. It doesn't hurt as much. You're able to pray for them. And for the success. Remember, not pray that God's judgment would fall from heaven and lightning bolts would destroy them. No, you pray for them, for blessing. And eventually, maybe, possibly, you're even comfortable in their presence. Luke 6, 28, Jesus said, pray for the happiness of those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. You know what, if you're here this morning and you're still saying, I don't feel like forgiving them. That's probably a sign that you still need to do it. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I ever feel like forgiving somebody. (laughs) If I ever feel like it. But I know I've got to because it's the right thing to do. God commands it. But I also do it in order to free myself. But Pastor Chris, you know, if I just let them go, man, they get off scot-free. And that's not right. That's not fair. You're right. It's not fair. But whoever told you life was fair? God never did. Life isn't fair. You know what? A lot of evil people get away with a lot of evil things, and they even prosper while they're doing it. That's why I happen to have a a deep belief in both heaven and hell. 
in God's mercy and in his justice. You know, God is not just a God of love. He's a God of justice. And one day, he will settle the score. He will call for an accounting. Now, understanding, of course, that the standard of judgment isn't you. It is the absolute holiness of God. It's not you compared to that person. It's not you compared to you know, your neighbor, your coworker, anybody else. You see, you and I have this amazing ability to always find people that we're better than. You know, people who are worse than us in our minds. That's not the standard. The standard is the absolute holiness and perfection of God, us compared to that. So the question is, do you want your books to show your deeds, both good and bad? Or do you want them to show Jesus? That's why I need salvation. That's why I need Jesus in my life. That's why you do. Because, again, be very careful, you know, wishing and, and focusing on the judgment of God and the justice of God. Because you're never going to make it on your own merit. None of us are good enough. See, what I'm saying is life isn't fair, but, but one day God will take care of all things. So you and I have got to forgive now and let God worry about those things. You know, none of us, surely you don't want your lack of forgiveness and holding a grudge to keep you from the blessing of God. And that's exactly what Jesus said will happen. Remember, we talked about that last week. And then, you know, you're letting that person control you now and on into eternity. So forgive them. Release them. So that you can get on with life and be free. So confess it, reveal your hurt, set them free, release the offender, and thirdly, you've got to refocus your life. You've got to refocus your life. That's how you heal that hidden memory. Um, Job did three things to refocus his life. I love this verse, Job 11, 13 through 18. Listen to this. Put your heart right, reach out to God, then face the world again, firm and courageous. Then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. Wow. Man, that's incredible. You know, long before psychology came along, you know, Job says, here's three ways toward emotional healing. He says, first, you get your heart right. Put your heart right. What does that mean? Well, it means you do exactly what God said to do. Whether you feel like it or not, you forgive them. You release the offender. That's step number one. And then he says here, reach out to God. Ask God into your life. Invite Jesus to come in and to fill you with his forgiveness. And you say, well, Pastor Chris, why is that important? Why do I need to do that? Listen, I honestly don't think that you and I have the capacity to manufacture enough forgiveness in our own lives to handle all the hurt and all the pain that you're going to face in this world. You and I are going to be hurt so many times in so many ways so deeply that we can never manufacture on our own enough forgiveness to handle that. That's why I need God's forgiveness in my life. That's why you do. And then he says, face the world again, firm and courageous. Why, why does he say that? 
I think the, I think the reason is because when we're hurt, we're tempted to withdraw. We're tempted to go back into that shell to put up a wall and we'll say things like, you know what? I am never gonna let another man hurt me again. I, I'm never gonna let another person get close to me. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna let my guard down so that people are gonna see what I'm really like because you know I did that that one time. I exposed myself. I, I put down the walls and then that person, they took advantage of it. I was hurt deeply. You gotta face the world again. You know, if you're always looking at what happened to you in the past, and you know, you're turning around and you're always looking at that and you're letting what happened in your past define you today, who you are and your identity. You know what that's like? That's like driving a car, constantly looking in the rearview mirror. Eventually you're gonna crash. You gotta face the world again. You gotta get on with life, you gotta resume living. Now, that's not, you know, well just get over it. That's not what I'm saying. You know, we're talking about all these other things first. But at some point, you've got to say, you know what, I'm not going to be a victim anymore. Now, notice what happens if you do these three things. Put your heart right, reach out to God, face the world again firm and courageous, then all your troubles will fade from your memory. Then the memory will fade, the pain will be released. And some of you say, no, wait a second. I need to get my memory healed first, and then I can face the future. That's not what this says. He says, do these three things, and then the memory will heal. Now again, that's a process. But the principle here is this. You can't resist a feeling. You can only replace it. You know what, the more you fight against something in your life, Truthfully, the more embedded into your life it gets. It, 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 again, it's one of those laws. You know, whatever you resist, it persists. It's inevitable. You know, if I say, again, I'm not going to be resentful, I'm not going to be resentful, I'm not going to be resentful, the whole time I am thinking about what I don't want. The key is to change the channel of your mind and say, it's not that I'm going to force that out of my mind, I'm going to refocus my mind on something new. You know, again, this past year, you know, I've uh, been focusing on getting healthy. You know, for a lot of my life, I was like, I'm not gonna eat that Big Mac. I'm not gonna eat that cookie. I'm not gonna eat that pizza. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And, you know, I'm not gonna eat that, you know, pound of chocolate. You know, whatever it was. And then, but what do you end up doing? You're just focusing on that thing, right? And now what I've learned is I've gotta replace that. You know, I've gotta change my habits. I've gotta change you know, the way that I eat, you know, with other good things. Because if all you're doing is focusing on the bad, listen, again, you will resemble what you resist. Instead of resisting it, you've got to replace it. You know, the happy ending of the story of Job is found in chapter 42. Listen to this, verse 12. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. The rest of his life really did become the best of his life. And I really believe that God brought some of you here this morning so that through his word, he could say that to you. No matter where you're at, no matter what you've been through, no matter the pain and the hurt and the resentment that you've been holding on to, if you would do what Job did, the rest of your life, really can become the best. Now, 
What painful memory, what unforgiveness are you choosing to hold on to? Is it something somebody said? Something somebody did? And it still causes pain today. Maybe it happened years ago, but when it triggers your memory, it is just as painful as if it happened then. You know, who have you said about, I am never gonna be like that person, I'm never gonna be like them. And the truth is, you have started to resemble them just a little bit. Some of you today need to forgive your parents. We've all had imperfect parents. But some of you had parents that hurt you and you loved them and you hated them all at the same time. And that's hard for a little kid to figure out. You know, I love my mom, I love my dad, but why, why is he doing that? Why do they say that? Some of you need to forgive a former spouse. Whoever it is, they made your life miserable in the past. Man, don't let them control you any longer. Don't let them continue to make you miserable tomorrow and on into the future. Some of you are saying, you know, Pastor Chris, sure, this, this all makes a lot of sense, but I'll be honest with you. I just can't do it. That's why you need Jesus. Only he can provide the power to forgive that nobody else can. He can heal those hurts. He can help you and make those memories fade from your, your mind. But you've got to open up your heart to him. You know, some of you have never come to Christ and asked him to come into your life and asked God to forgive you for all that you've done, all that you've said. Again, listen, the standard of judgment, like, as I said, it's not me. It's not you. It's not your neighbor. It's not your coworker. It is the absolute holiness of God. And if that's true, everybody in this room falls short. We're all sinners, and we're all in need of a Savior. But one has been provided. God, in his great, great love, gave his one and only son that if you would simply believe, if you would receive him into your life by faith, man, he will forgive you. He will make you as white as freshly fallen snow. He will, he will clean the slate. You'll walk out of here with a clean conscience. And it's through his forgiveness of you that enables you then to forgive others. And that's the thing that every single one of us has got to, got to process, got to work through. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.